Hello, 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 lovely. You are listening to our super premium part three episode. We're going to be talking about food in general here. Rory, what kinds of foreign food are popular in your country? Uh, well, mostly ones from the Northern Hemisphere. I've talked about this before. It's just by virtue of proximity, uh, but there's a colonial legacy in there too. For example, Indian food is popular because we have this uh, sort of connection, if you will, with uh, India and the subcontinent. And of course, Chinese food is everywhere as well. I think that that's like a universal thing. Like everywhere you go in the world, there's always a Chinese restaurant somewhere. Why do people like to try new food? Um. Well, I suppose it's kind of a safe kind of risk-taking behavior. It's new, but it's food in a restaurant. So you know you're safe because restaurants are largely controlled environments. And some people like to show off as well. I can remember um, the boys that I used to live with in university used to challenge each other to order the spiciest uh, chicken from a restaurant called Nando's. And that was their form of competition. Never live with rugby players. It's always a disaster. And why do some people dislike trying new food? Well, they're very set in their ways. Like, I'm set in my ways. I don't particularly like trying new food either. Um, it's just because they like the routine. Also, um, if you're like me and your nutrition is quite important for building muscle mass, for example, then variations in my diet aren't, um, like, they're, they're not really good for me in this sense. What are young people's opinions on new food? Well... To grossly generalize, young people seem to embrace new ideas more readily than older people. Um, if we talk about people in their teens and their 20s, and this seems to extend to cuisine as well, they're always like, trying new kinds of food. Preteens and younger uh, than, well, people who are younger than uh, preteens uh, tend to be more conservative. For example, they always want just like more sugar, uh, more ice cream, fewer greens. That's not very experimental or very um, novel. It's just a thing that young people do at that age. Why do people prefer their local food? Well, there's a variety of factors. You'd have to ask them to find out exactly which ones affect a particular area, but it might be that it's more available because, of course, the farms are in closer proximity than more distant places. Um, and it's cheaper because the transport costs are lower. Uh, and they've inherited maybe a set of genes from their ancestors, and that makes the taste of certain local foods more palatable than others. That's a really technical explanation. It's probably just the price, to be honest with you. What factors influence people's food choices? Well, I think I mentioned a lot of them just there, but if we speak more broadly, like price, flavor, availability, and seasonality. So there's a choice of choices that affect people's choices. Or we could say there's a range of choices that affect people's decisions, if we paraphrase. Why do some people prefer to cook at home? Well, some people find it fun and... Others have this sort of ancestral connection that they relive through cooking. Uh, it can be related to culture in that way. Um, and again, talking about money, for others it's just cheaper than paying for a delivery. More and more people are unwilling to cook. Why? Well, I imagine it's connected to time availability, to be honest. Um, people are increasingly busier, they're multitasking all the time. Um, they just don't have time to cook. And you have everything available at the touch of a button on your phone. So why not just order food instead of cook it or get some pre-packaged uh, processed meal instead? It's not as healthy, though, I think. 
Do you think teachers or parents are responsible for teaching kids about food? I'm not sure it has to be a zero-sum game. Parents probably impart more cultural recipes. While teachers broaden horizons or kindle fires of awareness in students in terms of the foods that other people eat. I can remember at our primary school, um, our teacher brought in star fruit once, and that was nice. Is it expensive to eat out in your country? Well, it's it's not expensive or cheap because you have to pay a hefty fine for eating out, like or going outside now in Scotland because there's a lockdown. Um, but more broadly, like when the lockdown is finished and even pre-lockdown times, yes, there was a time before coronavirus, um, it was relatively expensive compared to Russia. Like here, you get, it's much cheaper to eat compared to Scotland, for sure. Do they eat in Scotland? I thought that they were on a they drink. They eat a lot in Scotland. Whiskey is they, food, right? They eat too much in Scotland because we have the world's... Whiskey stew. We have one of the fattest populations in the world. Really? In Scotland? Really. If Scotland was an independent country, it would be one of the fattest Are countries. Are you joking? I thought it's, it's England. No, no. Well, they have an obesity crisis there as well. Wow. But it's a serious problem. It's all this bread and butter. Well, people's eating habits haven't really changed, but their lifestyles have. They're more sedentary and so they oh. get fatter. But in Scotland, do people go to McDonald's and Burger King and the KFC and stuff? Yeah, but like it doesn't. It wouldn't matter even if they were still eating the same things. They're not moving around as much. So oh, they're... okay. So it's not about just eating, but they just stop moving. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now let's talk about delicious, yummy vocabulary. Mmm, yum, yum, yum. So when you try new food. It's a safe kind of risk-taking behavior. Hmm? Yeah, it's that's sort of a contradiction in terms, isn't it? So, like, risk-taking behavior is usually something thrilling, like bungee jumping or skydiving. But some people like to take smaller risks. So what I really should have said was, it's like, minor risk-taking behavior. But um, a safe kind of risk-taking behavior or a safer kind of risk-taking yeah, behavior. Yeah, so you go to an expensive restaurant, you order this uh, fugu fish. Fugu, yeah, fugu. Fugu fish, yes. It's a safe kind I of risk-taking. I tried to do that in New York. There was a restaurant that does it and I turned out I went at the wrong time of year. Apparently it's a winter dish, not a summer one. Oh, okay. And then some people like to show off. They show off that they can eat the spiciest uh, thing on the planet or they can eat, uh, I don't know... A scorpion? Yes, I've done that. You've eaten a scorpion? I have eaten a scorpion, yes. How was it? Crunchy. Yum, yum, yum. Crispy. Anyway, that's mm. the kind of showing off behaviour. So you show other people how cool you are. Yeah. It's not so, cool oh. to eat scorpions, people. It's really, really And then you can like uh, play a game. Oh, have you e- ever eaten this? Have you ever eaten that? Have you even eaten? Have you ever eaten a lamp? No, I've eaten a glass. Mm, what about a smartphone? Yeah, I've <laughs> eaten a smartphone. I'm so cool. Showing off, basically. Yeah, showing off. We embrace new ideas. Young people like... embrace new ideas. Yeah. Right. So if you embrace an idea, then you just follow it. Yeah. And if you do it readily, then you're more willing to do that than other people. Embrace is like a hug. So we hug new ideas, we embrace new ideas. If you want to paraphrase the word food, you say... Cuisine! Yeah, it's not cousin. Okay, you don't say, oh, I like my Italian cousin. (laughs) (laughs) I want to eat uh, cousin Italian, give me Italian cousin. No, it's cuisine. Cuisine is a French word. Vous parlez français? Magnifique. Je suis allergique à la floraison. I'm allergic to ballooning. Right. Cuisine, you guys, okay? Food or cuisine. 
you can get more conservative, so you can be more conservative in terms of food. Or the range of food that you enjoy. So you could talk about choices or the range of choices. And we actually mentioned that. I mentioned the word choices uh, three times just for fun. Yeah, choices, options. But actually, and, there's different ways. And Rory, you said that you are set in your ways. I in am your set way. in my ways. It's in like my... if you're set in your ways, then you just have a fixed routine. It, it doesn't change. Yeah, if you've uh, listened to our premium episodes about food, I think dinner or something expensive that Rory does. Yes, he talked about pizza. Huge, massive pizza. And usually they arrive, but last night the pizza didn't arrive and I was very angry. I've never been so angry. This year, that was the angriest I've been. Wow, I've never seen you that angry. I was really unhappy, wow. um, but that was because I'd been awake since half past five in the morning, and it was twelve o'clock at night, oh. and I just wanted a pizza. That's all I wanted, no. and I couldn't get it. Yeah, but because... I did get a refund, so that's good. Hmm. Okay. So Rory is set in his ways. Uh, he orders a pizza on a regular basis. We have in- inherited set of jeans. Jeans, I don't mean clothes. I mean genes, like genetics. Yeah, genes, G-E-N-E-S. So you inherit genes from your ancestors, always inherit something from somebody, um, and that makes food taste more palatable. Palatable just means tastier. Wow. More palatable. So you can say, like, oh, like, um, local food is more palatable than foreign food. Yeah. Wow, beautiful. So forget about the word tasty, Palatable. Palate is this uh, thing you have in your mouth. Palate. Yeah. Right. You have a hard one and a soft one. Soft one. Soft palate. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Are you hungry, dear listener? Yeah, we are starving. I'm starving. I'm yeah. so hungry. Let's talk about food. So, when we choose our food, so we choose our foods according to price, flavor, flavor, let's taste, availability. Season, uh, seasonality. Seasonality. Yeah. seasonality is just, well, some food is more available in the winter than in the summer. So, for example, strawberries are more available in the uh, summer because that's when they grow. Yeah. Um, this isn't really a big problem, to be honest, unless you, well, if you live in a big city, it's not a problem because food is constantly available. If you're outside of a big city, then it might be because some foods might not be available in certain seasons. Yeah, but they say choose your local seasonal food. They do. I don't know why. Because it's local and you have genes and uh, this is more palatable to you than Who is they? Food. Have you just made this information? They, they say they. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you have ancestral connections. Ancestral. Mm-hmm. Ancestral is just the ancestral. adjective for ancestors, which are the people that come before you, or who are the people that come before you. Um, and an ancestral connection is just a connection to your ancestors through time and space. So, my ancestors and my ancestral, ancestral. connection to them. God, this is so sophisticated. Dear it's listener. very band nine. It's super band nine, so bandest, ninest it can get. Ancestral connection. Right, okay, God. You can be traditional and have an ancestral connection, or you can choose to broaden your horizons. Mm. And by broadening your horizons, it just means increasing the number of options that you're aware of. Yeah, so eat mussels, scorpions, uh, whales, or whatever you can get your hands on. Yum, yum, yum. 
But be careful you don't eat any endangered species or break the lockdown because you might pay a hefty fine. Ooh, a hefty. A hefty fine mm. is just a large fine. Yeah, a large fine, a hefty fine. And uh, do you know why Singapore is a fine city? Because everybody gets fines for everything. Yeah, it's a kind of a joke. <laughs> That's why in Singapore... Sort of like human they, rights in Singapore. They ask you, <laughs> how are you? I'm fine, fine. And you pay a fine. Rory, what about this uh, to be a zero-sum game? We mentioned this previously, but a really? zero-sum game... Yeah, oh, months and months ago. Episodes and episodes ago. A zero-sum game is when there one person wins and one person loses. But um, in this case, uh, we talked about uh, who's more responsible, teachers or parents. Mm-hmm. A zero-sum game means one or the other person is responsible. But if I say it's not a zero-sum game, or it doesn't have to be, then it means that both parties, both people or groups can win. They can play a part. Mm-hmm. And have you ever been taught about food? What like, about it? What, what food to eat, you know, about calories, about... How to eat your food? Can you eat meat together with potatoes and uh, well, bread? Well, there are myths that people still have, but what we've actually started to realize recently, because I was reading a book about um, medicine, um, everybody has their own unique bacteria in their gut. Um, and this means that you process foods differently from other people. Mm-hmm. So these standardized diets don't actually work um, because of this. You have to see what... Um, works for you. For example, I can give you a very clear example. Uh, a lot of people in my family are fine with the, the amount of sugar they can eat. Mm-hmm. I can't eat sugar because that makes me feel ill. Oh, I wow. just discovered this recently, actually. Like white um, sugar. Yeah. Well, any kind, to be honest, isn't good for me. So I don't. I have a sugar-free diet, basically. I don't have any sugar in my diet. The energy drinks I drink are all sugar-free. Um, I don't have any added sugar in any of my food because it causes the wrong kind of bacteria to multiply in my gut and the consequences of that are not good. Oh, you should watch But this, this is how I lost so much weight, because I just stopped eating sugar. Oh. I'm, but what I'm saying is that works for me and my bacteria and my mm, gut. Mm-hmm. It might not work for other people. So just because something worked well for me, people, doesn't mean that you should just cut something out of yeah, your diet. Yeah, if, if Rory does it, it doesn't mean that you should do it. Okay? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's lots of things that I've done that nobody else should do. <laughs> but you should watch this uh, film, which is called uh, That Sugar Film. It's Australian film. So it's interesting. Although I think we could all afford to eat a little less sugar, to be honest. I'm not saying get rid of it completely like I did, but don't No, but eat you so didn't. Much. Bread has sugar. I don't, pizza has I don't, sugar. I don't eat bread, though. But and, you eat pizza. But the dough, um, it's not it like sugar. regular dough. Everything has sugar. The sauce um, that might be used on the pizza has sugar. Anyway, that sugar film. Sugar-free. Sugar. Hey, sugar. We hope that that was an appetizing vocabulary <laughs> meal for you. Yeah, remember that sugar film? Australian uh, film, it's quite interesting. And we hope that what we said was something sweet for you to hear. Yum, yum, yum. Bye. Bye. Rory, what kinds of foreign food are popular in your country? Uh, well, mostly ones from the Northern Hemisphere. I've talked about this before. It's just by virtue of proximity, uh, but there's a colonial legacy in there too. For example, Indian food is popular because we have this uh, sort of connection, if you will, with uh, India and the subcontinent. And of course, Chinese food is everywhere as well. I think that that's like a universal thing. Like everywhere you go in the world, there's always a Chinese restaurant somewhere. Why do people like to try new food? 
Um, well, I suppose it's kind of a safe kind of risk-taking behaviour. It's new, but it's food in a restaurant, so you know you're safe because restaurants are largely controlled environments. And some people like to show off as well. I can remember um, the boys that I used to live with in university used to challenge each other to order the spiciest uh, chicken from a restaurant called Nando's, and that was their form of competition. Never live with rugby players. It's always a disaster. And why do some people dislike trying new food? Well, they're very set in their ways. Like, I'm set in my ways. I don't particularly like trying new food either. Um, it's just because they like the routine. Also, um, if you're like me and your nutrition is quite important for building muscle mass, for example, then variations in my diet aren't, um, like, they're, they're not really good for me in this sense. What are young people's opinions on new food? Well... To grossly generalize, young people seem to embrace new ideas more readily than older people. Um, if we talk about people in their teens and their 20s, and this seems to extend to cuisine as well, they're always like, trying new kinds of food. Preteens and younger uh, than, well, people who are younger than uh, preteens uh, tend to be more conservative. For example, they always want just like more sugar, uh, more ice cream, fewer greens. That's not very experimental or very um, novel. It's just a thing that young people do at that age. Why do people prefer their local food? Well, there's a variety of factors. You'd have to ask them to find out exactly which ones affect a particular area, but it might be that it's more available because, of course, the farms are in closer proximity than more distant places. Um, And it's cheaper because the transport costs are lower. Uh, And they've inherited maybe a set of genes from their ancestors, and that makes the taste of certain local foods more palatable than others. That's a really technical explanation. It's probably just the price, to be honest with you. What factors influence people's food choices? Well, I think I mentioned a lot of them just there, but if we speak more broadly, like price, flavour, availability and seasonality. So there's a choice of choices that affect people's choices. Or we could say there's a range of choices that affect people's decisions, if we paraphrase. Why do some people prefer to cook at home? Well, some people find it fun and... Others have this sort of ancestral connection that they relive through cooking. Uh, It can be related to culture in that way. Um, And again, talking about money, for others it's just cheaper than paying for a delivery. More and more people are unwilling to cook. Why? Well, I imagine it's connected to time availability, to be honest. Um, People are increasingly busier, they're multitasking all the time. Um... They just don't have time to cook. And you have everything available at the touch of a button on your phone. So why not just order food instead of cook it or get some pre-packaged processed meal instead? It's not as healthy, though, I think. Do you think teachers or parents are responsible for teaching kids about food? I'm not sure it has to be a zero-sum game. Parents probably impart more cultural recipes. While teachers broaden horizons or kindle fires of awareness in students in terms of the foods that other people eat. I can remember at our primary school, um, our teacher brought in star fruit once, and that was nice. Is it expensive to eat out in your country? Well, it's it's not expensive or cheap because you have to pay a hefty fine for eating out, like or going outside now in Scotland because there's a lockdown. Um, but more broadly, like when the lockdown is finished and even pre-lockdown times, yes, there was a time before coronavirus, um, it was relatively expensive compared to Russia. Like here you get, it's much deeper to eat compared to Scotland, for sure.
Thank you.